You are listening to a Live City Church podcast, and we hope you'll experience Jesus today. We are excited to have you join our extended online church family. If you would like further information or wish to access more content, please connect with us on our Live City Church Facebook page or visit us at livecitychurch.com. Well, praise the Lord. It's so good to have you in the house of God with us this morning. And I want to uh, just encourage you and congratulate you for making your way here. Why? Because in this place, there's potential for great change. In this place is a place for great growth. It's a potential. In this place is a potential for just being healed. In this place is a potential to be released. You know, some of you have been dragging things along with you from church to church. You've been hurt. You've been crushed. And you've never actually progressed in your walk with the Lord. Our prayer for you at Life City Church is that you will experience Jesus here. You will experience breakthrough here. Uh, last week, let's get to the message. I was talking about legacy, leaving a legacy behind. We were doing two baby dedications, and it was so exciting to see the families up here. And as I was preaching on these things, I realized we're touching on something that we're probably not aware of, that every decision you make and how you live your life is affecting your children. In fact, it doesn't even have to be your own children, but the people that you influence around you are watching you, and you're leaving a legacy behind with them. You can't take your wealth or your treasures or your job promotions or your incredible business you built up with you when you die. The only thing you can take with you are the souls that you brought into the kingdom. That's why this, why church, our connection and, and connect groups are so important because we're building eternity week in and week out. We're growing. We're, we are expanding ourselves in the faith, and it's exciting. And the thing that I want to talk about this morning is about living an intentional life. Living an intentional life. Living a life on purpose. Living for the eternal instead of the temporary. See, so often, let me tell you right now, so many Christians here and, and here out are meaning well. They're very meaningful in their lives, but they're living for the temporary. And so I want to talk this morning about what do you have in mind? That's the title of the message this morning. If you take notes, what do you have in mind? I want you to open your Bibles and turn with me to Mark chapter 8. Mark chapter 8, verse 31 to 38. Jesus is uh, leading his disciples. If you read the surrounding passages, you find out there's a crowd around them. So even though Jesus used to preach and have 5,000 people, and he would actually, oh, sorry, 5,000 men plus their wives and their children, around 12 to 13, maybe 15,000 people would follow Jesus everywhere he went. Now keep in mind, there was no microphones. There was no building large enough to contain that many people undercover. So he was always outdoors and re leading groups of people, thousands of people. Many of those disciples fell away because he did not want them to follow because of what he could give them. He wanted them to follow because of a hunger for righteousness, a hunger for kingdom, a hunger for things that are unseen. And so he challenged them with these thoughts, and, and eventually the Bible says that many turned away, but still crowds were following him, still thousands followed him. His disciples were closest to him, and they're walking around, and they had this discussion as they're walking. And Jesus said, who, who, who do men say that I am? 
And uh, the disciples began, you know, calling out. This is what they did in their discipleship class. Some would say, oh, some say you are a, you are a great man of God. He says, that, that's good. What do other people say? Some say you are, a, you are a great prophet. In fact, some say you might be the prophet Elijah reborn. He says, but that's good. That's good. But who do you say I am? And then Peter, Peter's always the one that, you know, God bless him. He would open his mouth, you know, to fit one, one foot in long enough to open his mouth to put the other foot in. So he got up there with his mouth. He just had to answer, you are the son of the living God. <laughs> it's more than us. It's more than us, Lee. You are the, you know, <laughs> you are the son of God, the son of the living God. You are the Messiah, the promised one. And Jesus answered him and says, you know, Peter, flesh and blood has not shown that to you. In other words, he says, that wasn't you talking. <laughs> because if you talked, you would have put your foot in their mouth again. He said, flesh and blood did not show you that one. But it's my Father in heaven showed you that because it was so important for you to know. And Peter's looking around as all the other disciples looked at him. He says, that was me. <laughs> I did that one. <laughs> and then they're having this discussion right after that. I mean, this is a moment of glory for Peter. All the other disciples thinking, bam. I should have said it, you know, missed out. Peter got that one. So, you know, there was another opportunity came up. Follow with me in verse 31, Mark chapter 8. And we're reading verse 31. Love to see those new Bibles coming out, Frankie. Yay, God. That's awesome. Okay. Mark chapter 8, verse 31. He then began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer. If you've got a Bible, I want you to write on your Bible. If you have a digital device like I do, highlight it. Look at that. He taught them. It wasn't just he was sharing with them. He taught them. This is a deeper teaching. We're only seeing the edges of it. He taught them that the Son of Man must suffer. He didn't suffer. He must suffer many things. Okay? Highlight that. Because Jesus taught later on. He says, if it was good for the teacher, it's good for the disciple. If I'm going to suffer you're going to suffer. So what happens to Jesus will happen to us. So it's teaching them through Scripture what's happening. So he says the Son of Man must suffer, and he must suffer many things. You see that? I know. It's hard teaching, right? These are the conversations that you didn't want to have. But I'm doing it anyway because the Lord told me to do it. So please forgive me. Don't stone the messenger. Must suffer many things. And the Son of Man must be rejected. How many people love rejection? You are not real. <laughs> Logan's like, when they made Logan, they broke the mold. The guy is like, uh, he's just so unique. I love you, man of God. <laughs> Most people like me were sort of like, you know, it is so heartbreaking to get rejection. You know, you just want to please people as much as you can. I, I, really, I want to make people happy. The Bible says at the age of 12 that he grew in stature with God in, and in favor with God and with man. Okay, Jesus did that. So it's not a bad thing to have the favor of man. But here we start to see that it's about what you are seeking in your life. Are you seeking the favor of God or are you seeking the favor of man? And he's saying if you seek the favor of God, you are going to suffer many things. <laughs> Who loves God now? <laughs> Who loves being a follower of Jesus now? <laughs> I just shouted out. Got a few brave souls. Thank you so much. All right. Who loves to be rejected? Because if you want to follow Jesus, at some point you're going to be rejected. Just try posting something on Facebook about what you really feel about Scripture. It's uh, all of a sudden quieting down really quickly, didn't it, in the house? 
You see it. I mean, you get crucified, these comments, by Christians. Forget the non-Christians. They're sort of silent about, yeah, whatever, you know. It's the Christians that will attack you. Try and take a stance on gay marriage. See what will happen. Try and take a stance on pro-life and see where that will take you. Okay? It brings the hornets out of the nest. You want, if you want to see the Christians and where they're at, go ahead and post something. I dare you. Can you tag me on it? Okay, befriend me. Just tag me on it because I just want to sit and watch. <laughs> this is going to be great fun. And you know the best part is don't even answer because these other people are going to answer themselves and they go for it. It's awesome. <laughs> I love Facebook. Wow. Just reveals the heart. So the son of man, he says, you're going to suffer many things. If you want to follow Jesus, you will suffer many things. If you follow Jesus, you will be rejected. Okay, it's okay to be rejected. I want to be like Logan when I grow up. I want to be so confident. I don't care if I'm rejected. Actually, I am, by the way. I don't care if I'm rejected. I really don't care anymore. Just put it up there. Life is too short, guys. And if you're, if I get in, let me just keep preaching. All right, watch out. Watch out. I feel the anointing coming on. The Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, the teachers of the law, the Christians, the pastors, the leaders are going to reject you. And he must be killed. Your fleshy man has got to be killed. Some of you are trying to live this existence and pry pop up this old man, but that's why you get water baptized. You kill the old man and all desires of the old man. And he says, if you want to follow me, you're going to be rejected. You are going to be, <laughs> you are going to be persecuted. You're going to be killed. Let them kill the flesh. Kill it. But after three days, you're going to rise again. It's about the resurrection, baby. I'm going to bounce back. You can push me over. Did you ever have those? Uh, when I was a kid, my dad, when he went away, he'd buy some presents for us. And he, he used to buy this. Uh, he bought me this blow-up inflatable boxing punching bag. It was awesome. I never, but when I first did it, I had, was totally inexperienced. I punched it hard, but I didn't know it bounced back. <laughs> you know, so, boom. I'm still a little kid. I'm bouncing back. And boom. And I started crying because I didn't know what is happening. That's what we're like as Christians. Let him punch you. And then you're just going to bounce back. You know, watch out when the Christians bounce back. That's the resurrection story we preach about. You can be down and out. The circumstances of life can get you down. Bounce back. It's about the resurrection. He spoke plainly about this. This is really important. Verse 32. He spoke plainly about this. You see, when Jesus preached, for the most part, when he began his ministry, the Bible says he spoke in parables. He told stories. The people loved the stories. Wow, that's a really great one, you know. The hungry ones came to Jesus and said, what did you really mean by that? And he would speak to them in parables and psalms and different things. And it was to the point, it was mysterious to the point of confusing. Sometimes the disciples would have these discussions and Jesus would shake his head. I wasn't talking about that. 
The Bible says that they were in a boat and he was saying, beware the yeast of the Pharisees. The next thing he said, oh, no, he's talking about because we forgot the bread. We didn't buy enough bread. We were stuck without bread. And he's talking about it. And he had to do a miracle to feed 5,000 people, 12,000 people because we forgot the bread. Jesus like, no, don't you hear what I'm saying? It's not about the bread. Remember the feeding of the 5,000 men plus wives of children? You remember that? 5,000 of them. Then there was 4,000 said, is bread really an issue, boys? I'm not talking about the bread. But there were other times where he spoke plainly. And now he, they reach this point in their relationship with him where he's no longer speaking mysteriously. I want you to understand this, that the closer you grow in intimacy with the Father, the more you're hearing his voice, the more clear he becomes, the more plain it is. Some of you read the Bible, and it's okay. You're young Christians. You have no idea what it's saying. You know, you're like, come and talk to us. Go to a connect group. Ask the hard questions. I love it when people ask me hard questions. It's so fun because you just realize where they're at, and you're able to help them. I love being of help. You know, A lot of these people here love being of help. If you've got a question, ask them. There are some great teachers of the word in this place. I'm not the only one. Bruce. Brother Petuelli, deep teachers of the word. Go see them. Amen. Brother Petuelli was so great, man. Memorizing scripture in baptisms. He's just pulling out like, i got to go look this stuff up here. You know, <laughs> wow. Do you know what? The, no, I don't know what it says. i got to go look it up. Jesus spoke plainly about this because he says at a certain point, he says, I no longer, I, I don't call you no longer just my disciples and followers. I not call you my friends. And I will show you the intimate things because you're my friends. I want to be a friend of Jesus. I don't want to be on the outskirts and watching the stuff and, and yes, be a beneficiary, one of the 5,000. I want to be one of the 120. In fact, I want to be one of the 12. I want to grow so close to him that I'm sitting on his feet, literally sitting on his feet. Son, just step back a little bit. Daddy needs some space. I want to be so close to him that he can speak plainly to me, that I can understand him. I don't just want the mysteries. I want to go deeper. I want to know more. I want to know his heart. I don't want to just know about him. I want to know him. There's a difference. It's getting so close and so deep that you know the heartbeat of the Father. That when you're walking and you do something that isn't right, you feel the conviction of the Holy Spirit and you break down in that moment and say, God, forgive me. I'm so sorry. I want my relationship to be with you just right. I want to be your friend. I've hurt your heart. Do you know, I pray that prayer every day. Father, forgive me for my sins. I repent, oh God. I repent of pride. I repent of self-sufficiency. I repent of self-righteousness. I repent of the kindnesses that I withheld. I repent of the words that I did not say and I should have said it. I am... It's not that I think I'm just a sinner every single day, but I know that I sin. And I don't want to allow that to separate me and keep me from intimacy with the Father. If you're struggling to know him, if he seems so distant away, it's because maybe you need to repent first and then get hungry and wait for him. Waiting for him means that sometimes you've got to be there for a while. But I will not leave that place until I get a gem, until I get something from the Father. Because the more that well begins to open, it starts with a trickle, and very soon it becomes a waterfall. When he begins showing you stuff and you can't even keep up. That's the kind of hunger I want for him. He spoke plainly about this. 
And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. Remember the same God that says, you are the son of the living God. You are the Messiah. Flesh and blood has not shown this to you. And now he's rebuking Jesus. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine your child rebuking you? What do you know? I mean, my little seven-year-old trying to correct my wife the other day. <laughs> she tore into him. You have only got seven years on this planet. You know nothing, boy. I can take, I brought you into this world. I can take you out. <laughs> That's a different version. Peter rebukes Jesus. It's just like that. Little kid trying to rebuke the dad. But when Jesus turned, verse 33, and looked at his disciples, he rebuked Peter. So it would appear that Peter just ran up to Jesus because the disciples normally followed, and he started having a go at Jesus. Jesus turned his back on Peter to do that, right? Peter's over here. He just turns around. His back's to Peter, <laughs> you know, and as he, as he addresses his disciples, he's rebuking Peter by looking at the disciples, and he says, get behind me, Satan. You do not have in mind the things of God, but the things of men. That's what we want to talk about and center on today. What do you have in mind? Do you have in mind the concerns of God? Or do you have in mind the concerns of men? I need, I need a volunteer. I'm just wondering, someone who can have a bit of fun, and, and I don't mind being embarrassed a little bit. Can I, can I have that person? Okay. Hold this. Thank you. I need, I need that chair. That's it. Okay. So I, I just want you to look at this for a moment. This is my handsome assistant, Lee Farmer. Okay, Lee, over on this chair, okay, my right side, is the concerns of God. Okay? Over on this side is the concerns of men. Which, which chair would you pick? Go sit in the chair. Okay. Okay? Good on you, Lee, man of God. Let's just clap. That's, that's fantastic. Okay? But you got to choose a chair. But sometimes we, we do the wrong things and make wrong decisions. So you actually did something. You, you live for yourself. So you're actually in this chair. Okay? Now, I know this is so simple, but I, I just have to hear the visual. So when you choose the things of God, you're in that chair. If you choose the things of men, you're in this chair. I know, right? Thank you. But that means that this chair is vacant. Okay, this is how we try and live our lives. Now I would like you to try to have in mind the things of God and the things of men. Go for it. Don't move anything. You have the things of God and the things of men. No, you're not touching either one. Yeah, but you've you got you to gotta be, you know, you've got to touch them. Uh, I can't see you resting on it. I... Well, no, 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 you're in the things of God here. You have to be in the things of men as well. No, 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 you can't move the chair. You can't, you can't move the chair. Go ahead and do it. Go ahead and do it. What are you going to? Someone take a photo, would you please? Just hold. He's planking. He's planking right now. And, uh, you know, you never see that in church, right? We're a fit church. Okay. Things of God and the things of men. Was it comfortable? Could you sustain it for a long time? So we've got a problem here. What do you think the solution is? The word. That's true. That sounds very holy and scriptural. But what do you have to do? You've got the concerns of God or the concerns of men. You try to go with both. What do you need to do? That it's you can't do it. You can't sustain it. So what do you do? I need to die to myself and give up this chair. High five. 
Well done. Well done. He graduates today. Well done. <laughs> so many times we are trying to satisfy one or we're trying to satisfy the other. Some preachers add a third chair. I don't add a third chair because there really isn't a real middle ground. It doesn't work. Jesus said you're either hot or you're cold. You, you can't be warm. You can't be lukewarm. Because he, he said what he would do to lukewarm people. I will spit you out of my mouth. So he's saying, I won't spit you if you're here because I know where you stand. And I'm going to love you if you're here. But, but don't be right in the middle. Because you must choose for yourself this day whom you will serve. Will you serve God? Or will you serve men? Will you serve yourself? I heard this teaching that blew me away. The Bible says in the first commandment, love the Lord your God, right? With all heart, soul, and mind, and strength, right? Do not take the name of the Lord in vain. Do you remember that one? Okay. Do not take the name of the Lord in vain. The Jewish people actually believe, they see it a different way. You're thinking blankety blank blank, Jesus blankety blank, right? That's not what it's referring to. What it's referring to is someone who passes themselves off as a Christian but lives like the devil. But you've got the name of God on you while you're living like the devil. You're going to the pubs. You're getting drunk. People know you're a Christian. You're taking the name of the Lord in vain. You're sleeping around and trying to fool everyone in church, right? Sexual immorality is called fornication or adultery if you're married, right? And, and you're thinking it's, it's okay because I'm, I'm a Christian. I'll just ask for forgiveness. It's okay. You're taking the name of the Lord in vain. God says you either choose to have in mind the concerns of God, or you have the concerns of men. Choose you this day whom you will serve. So Peter rebukes Jesus because he thinks he's in the right. No one would ever correct a parent unless he absolutely feels certainly now, I know I'm in the right. Peter didn't agree with the teaching. So he decided to tell Jesus what he thought of his teaching. Jesus taught on suffering. He taught on rejection. He taught on the necessity to die. But that was simply an uninspiring message. See, we love the ones that say, you can be all that you can be. And I'll do those too. Absolutely. In Jesus, we can. But we got to balance it as well with these other scriptures that tell us you need to understand it is not a walk in the park. It is a challenge to follow Jesus. Have you ever come across teaching in Scripture that is uncomfortable, unreasonable, or even inconvenient? Well, this doesn't suit my lifestyle at all. I won't have it. So what do we normally do? We seek friends out who can agree with us that that Scripture is wrong. We go through Google and try to do a search until we can find some random <laughs> rebel that will agree with what you're saying. But all along, you knew the answer before you began to search because that's why you searched. Because you know that you're uncomfortable. And what we don't appreciate is that's what we call tension. 
It's the tension of Scripture where you are uncomfortable and you don't want to obey it because it's too difficult to obey. That you try and find compromise. You try and lie between the two and it doesn't work. You try and find other solutions to try and make it feel okay. But in your spirit, you're killing your spirit because your spirit's saying, it's wrong, it's wrong, it's wrong. Do what he says. Is, <laughs> is this okay? Are you still loving me? Is it all right? Okay, thank you. Don't wrestle with it. Do what the Spirit of God tells you, and your spirit is coming alive and telling you, do what it says. The thing that we don't re- recognize is that that moment of tension where God is in your face and you're uncomfortable, that moment of tension is a, a growth opportunity. See, what happens is when you first get saved, everything's good about Jesus, eh? You want to tell everybody about it. It's so fantastic. You go wild with zeal. I love Jesus. You know, even Facebook post it because you don't care anymore. You just came out of that lifestyle. You can tell them what for. So you're putting it up there. But then you grow and you've hit the top of that curve, that learning curve, and you've plateaued. I feel many of you have plateaued. You've never gone to the next level because you have not been willing to deal with that tension in your life and obey the Lord. And so you never go to the next dimension of Christian living that God has for you. Did you know that this is not enough? What you have is a semblance of your faith, and it's wonderful, but God has more. See, the thing is, we are such finite beings, we put things in boxes because we need to see a beginning and an end. But with the Lord, the Bible says, He is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. But He's the endless, uncreated one. There is no end. You're trying to end something. I guess I reached the epitome of my Christian walk with Jesus. Friends, deal with the tension. Deal with it. And take your walk to the next level. Let me just go quickly. Peter missed out on the second part of Jesus' statement. See, he focused on the suffering. He focused on the persecution. He even focused on the death. And, And my question is, what was the motivation behind Peter rebuking Jesus? Was it for Jesus' sake or was it for Peter's sake? I think it was for Peter's sake. Because he had sacrificed three years of his life to serve a guy he knew, he knew that is the Messiah. But the scripture told him, based on their knowledge, that when the Messiah comes, he would usher in the kingdom and wipe away every enemy kingdom. The Romans would be wiped out, everyone would be wiped out, and Jesus would come. But he missed the fact that the first coming of Jesus was not about that. He came as a lamb not as the lion. And because of that, and because of this problem that all the disciples had, it caused them to doubt Jesus and who he was. They began to be ashamed of themselves. They were getting persecuted. The Bible says they ran away. You know, strike the shepherd and the sheep will scatter. They all scattered. Judas had an issue with this, but he handled it differently. He ended up betraying Jesus. I wonder, with your struggle, with my struggle sometimes. Have we betrayed Jesus because we did not get what we expected? 
Your mother died. You prayed. You had the whole church around the world fasting and praying. And she still died. And you cannot come to terms with it. How many times have we rebuked God because his plan didn't match our expectations of him? I want to tell you, it's okay to get angry with God. It's okay to shout out and yell and scream in prayer because he's got big shoulders. But at the end of it, do what Jesus did. Not my will, but yours be done. I want to ask you, where is your mind fixed? Because when your mind is fixed on the concerns of God, it cannot be shifted or swayed by pleasures and comforts the world offers. See, people who are swayed by the things of, of humanity, the human concerns, they want to build their own house. They want to build their own kingdom. They want to uh, increase in wealth. They want to be comfortable. These are the same people that will compromise in their faith journey because they are so intent on pleasing others, pleasing themselves. But Jesus says, I want you to please me. I want you to be concerned about my concerns, my kingdom heart for people, for you. You may be wondering if you have God's concern in mind or human concerns. Here's how you know where you're at. Consider the words you speak. Consider the way you spend your money. Consider the way that you spend your time. Those are all indicators of where you're at, what your concerns are really at. They will inform you whether your mind is fixed on the concerns of God or merely human concerns. Why don't we stand to our feet as I close this morning? Jesus goes on in the next verse. And he now speaks to the crowd, the thousands that are following him. And he calls to the crowd and he says to them, if anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Verse 38, he goes on. If anyone is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, the Son of Man will be ashamed of him when he comes in his Father's glory with the holy angels. Why don't we bow our heads and close our eyes for a moment? I hope you know that when the Lord delivers a message like this, it is not a message to condemn. But it's a message to awaken us as sons and daughters. We are the child of God. We are his favorite. And he says these things because he's trying to arouse our hearts. He's trying to arouse our emotions and our passions for him once again. He's declaring his love for you because a father who cares will discipline those he loves. He's saying, come on, come up higher, come closer. I want you. Come back, son. Come back, daughter. Perhaps you've been more interested in the concerns of man, the human concerns than you have been about the concerns of God. Perhaps today, this might be your first time that you have understood the message of Jesus Christ, that he loves you, and that he has a great plan and purpose for your life. And something is changing inside of you as I was speaking this morning. For others, you have served the Lord before, you've made a decision for Jesus, but you realize I've been sitting in the other chair this whole time. 
And I've been uncomfortable. I've been sitting in the chair of human concerns. That's where my mind has been. And something has awakened inside of you. This morning, I want to give you an opportunity to respond to the Lord. You're not responding to me. You are not responding to, to anyone in this church. You're responding to Jesus this morning. But sometimes we need a line in the sand. We need the visual of a chair moving from one chair to the other. And I want to give you that opportunity to move from the chair of human concerns to the chair of the concerns of God. And I want to lead you in a prayer, but I don't want to embarrass you. So the whole church, can you say this prayer with me? It'll be very quick. Is that okay, church? Great. Let's pray together. Dear Heavenly Father, I want my mind to be completely fixated on you. Thank you for loving me. And even though I have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, you love me so much that you died for me. How can I do anything less? Jesus, forgive me. Wash away my sins. And give me your spirit so I can have a fresh start. You died for me. Now I will live for you. Amen. Thank you for joining Life City Church. And we hope that you were blessed and inspired by today's message. If this ministry has made an impact on your life, we'd love to hear from you. Please drop us a line and share your story at thanks at lifecitychurch.com or email us your prayer needs at prayer at livecitychurch.com. We'd love to connect with you and hear more about your story. If you love the ministry of Live City Church, you can make a financial gift to help us spread the good news of Jesus by going to livecitychurch.com and clicking the giving tab. We hope today's message has spoken into your life and look forward to your next visit.